So, school started back up, got all my classes. It's been great. You know what I really want to do? Talk about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome to episode six of Chris's on Infinite Earth, where we will be talking about Secret Wars issues 10 and 11. So if this is your first time listening to Chris's on Infinite Earths, we cover comic book crossovers, events, and currently, as you heard, we're quite a few issues into Secret Wars. So we recommend pausing we'll wait for you right here and going back and giving a listen to our first five episodes this is the part of the show where i'd like to thank everybody um for leaving us itunes reviews liking us on facebook following us on twitter and just generally communicating with us it's nice to know we have some listeners out there yeah all shares retweets are appreciated they help us reach new people and help remind people who have listened to us that we're still out here. <laughs> well, without further ado, let's go into the issue 10 summary. Issue 10 summary. The heroes are in terror and awe and quips at Galactus devouring his vast homeworld. They are then likewise in more terror and perhaps even more awe as the energy from Galactus shoots towards Doombase, and as we know, to Doctor Doom. Captain Marvel races to Doombase to discover that in fact Doom is now imbued with the energy of Galactus. Doom seems to have a hard time dealing with this intense deific power and has trouble adjusting to accidentally changing the world around him while simultaneously becoming omniscient. Godhood is a real trip. Also, in his omniscience, he discovers the hidden Captain Marvel, who is in some real trouble. Professor X, noticing his mind link with Captain Marvel is severed, goes with all of the heroes aboard a wrecked spaceship, which Magneto propels solely with his magnetic powers. Doom has a heart-to-heart with the mostly bodiless claw about how to defeat the Beyonder, whose portal is still open. He bids farewell and flies off to do battle. The heroes bust into Doombase, again creating their own door. They discover that Captain Marvel has been trapped in her light form, unable to move. A series of huge crashes indicate that Doom has, in fact, met the Beyonder in epic space combat. Doom soliloquies in his struggle with the vast cosmic power that is the Beyonder before appearing to the heroes and asking for their help in lending him their power. He explains that the Beyonder must be defeated, as he is a meddler in their universe. Magneto nearly seems to give in, but sort of stops, or is stopped, by the heroes. Cap praises Magneto's decision, also lamenting the possibility that they should have maybe helped Doom. Doom seems to be utterly defeated by the Beyonder, but as he clings to life, reaches for some kind of trump card in his breastplate. Doombase seems to be shaken apart even more before an all-powerful Doom appears before them, claiming the Beyonder is defeated. So, issue 10, what did you think? Uh, I read this so quickly. I feel like it was just a really, really quick read, but it was it was really Doom-heavy. It was really, it was like the Doom issue. Yeah, I mean, things happened or seemed to happen. It it, it 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 built quite a bit. It did. Um, I liked this one more than the last one where it just seemed like Reed and Galactus having a heart-to-heart 
And then Reed going, nope, I got to beat Galactus after all. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, half of that issue seemed like it didn't need to even exist, really. Mm-hmm. And this one seems a lot better. It's starting with a really cool cover of yeah. Doom and like his torn up armor. So we mentioned in one of the previous issues, She-Hulk bleeding. That was like the first blood we'd seen in Secret Wars. But now we have Doom tattered his suit in pieces and he's got streaks of blood and cuts all over him. Doom also looks um, summarily quite superhero ripped. Yeah? I'm just, well, I guess, of course, since Doom's a supervillain, he's probably pretty physically fit, but I'm just trying to imagine Doom doing a traditional workout routine. Well, Doom on a there Doom would elliptical. Be, there would be nothing traditional about Doom's workout routine. <laughs> he would talk about how great he was the entire time. What would he bench press? Because it, it wouldn't just be like... It would be something, like, small but, like, infinitely dense, like this was made from, like... Some incredible black magic and science material, and it weighs a lot. With the magic energy of souls from the darkened caverns of, I don't know where I'm going going with this. No, this is great. (laughs) That would be Doctor Doom's workout. That would be Doctor Doom's workout. So on uh, the first page proper, it's the 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 traditional Secret Wars first page splash, where Mm -hmm. it's kind of zooming a little bit back in time from where we last saw. Where, um, since as we last saw, Doom was like absorbing the energies, but mm-hmm. now this is from the hero's point of view of them reacting to Galactus's homeworld being devoured. Um, kind of explaining to us again what this means, because the thing is like, he's gonna eat his own home, and that just seems strange. I still couldn't quite get over it. Like, I, I guess I logic my, my way into understanding why it made sense for him to devour his own home. Like, we know he needed to get that extra energy, but it was like, it's your home, dude. You spent like four issues just with your arms in your ear, su- the summoning it to you. It's true, uh, and the spirit bomb references will continue as this issue as this issue also continues. So Reed pretty much explains, like, "Yep, he's gonna eat it, and then he's gonna eat us." But then on the next issue, or the next issue, huh? Over the shortest summary ever. <laughs> on the next page, um, it shows again it disappearing. In a bright flash of light that, like, seems to sort of, like, go through everybody. Gives us an everybody. x-ray yeah. of everyone. It, it's very creepy looking. Very, um, apocalyptic. Yeah. It's kind of funny because it kind of looks like Captain America's little wings on his on his helmet are maybe made of, like, bone. <laughs> they kind of are jutting out. The same thing you can kind of see in the background. Thor, his little helmet and his little wings are got in the x-ray. <laughs> and oh, Mr. Fantastic is just stretched like probably 20 feet and you can see each of the little like vertebrae in his spinal column very far apart so far (laughs) apart like he must have the stretchiest spinal cord i mean we would assume it's all stretchy it's got to be but just that he's got to be really vulnerable to neck and back injuries when he's stretched (laughs) imagine being mr fantastic's pt (laughs) you gotta stop the stretching thing well that's not really gonna happen doc we all know that Mr. Fantastic wouldn't trust a physical therapist. <laughs> he no, he knows more than it. <laughs> right. So they notice this energy zipping off toward Doom Raw base. energy. Raw like, energy. I feel like this whole Galactus consuming this energy, it's so ambiguous. They've called it so many like different things. Just this... Elemental energy. Raw energy. I swear it was like bio... Menergy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not one. <laughs> this is Winergy. Winergy. <laughs> So on the next page, we just see it zipping off, and Cap is like, Captain Marvel, go go find out what's going on, because she is the fastest. 
I, I like how they dropped in that reconnoiter again, just to really show us that they they knew big words. Yeah, Jim Shooter is a big reconnoiter fan. So our reconnoiter count is now at two. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to three. Captain Marvel gets there, and it shows the Doom's kind of tanning bed contraption made from, from Bitto bit Claw. Yeah, his, his claw lenses. I feel like when we saw it last time, he wasn't, like, it looks right now like he's on an operating table, reclined back. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was standing Last time he was just kind of standing. Yeah. So it's artistically depicted a little bit different here. No, to me, it just looks like he's tanning with that armor on. Yeah, he's baking. He's going to... He'll turn over at one point. Got to get the other side. Can you get a nice medium rare here? Medium rare doom. Mm-hmm. And we're we're gonna make sure we we let it we let him set afterwards before we slice him. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, you're just gonna get a lot of bloody runny mess. It's no good. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I've been watching some Master Chef. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> Do you, uh, did how much does Doctor Doom share with Gordon Ramsay? Like in culinary ability or personality? <laughs> uh, culinary ability. We know Doom is is uh, if there is a Master Chef program in latveria doom just wins every time i mean is does he win or is he the host (gasps) (laughs) both i mean i just like to imagine the ingredients that he's maybe cooking with it's gonna be those souls from the cavern of whatever that i couldn't decide earlier doom's little demo thing he's like and then you get a little like black magic on this bit Mm -hmm. and make sure you smoke this paprika first before adding it in Oh, I love our tangents. So this is when Captain Marvel is like, oh boy, he must be doing this and absorbing Galactus's power, which for me, I would be so confused. But I feel like if you're a superhero, you make these sorts of Occam's razory leaps. I mean, you have to. It's necessity. In the Marvel Universe, you're like, I guess he's absorbing Galactus's power. I guess. I mean, they did. She did see the power like shrieking towards Doombase. I would have seen it and gone, what the heck's that? Um, but suddenly she's interrupted in her mind by Professor Xavier, who just always kicks down the door of your mind. Well, you know, they don't have cell phones. They don't have beepers. <laughs> he didn't, like, say anything before, and he's just like, Captain Marvel, this is Professor X, I'm in your brain. And he's like, I'm going to link you to Mr. Yeah, Fantastic's eyes? Ca- Captain Marvel's like, oh, I better go back and let them know. But Professor X is just like, nope, stay there. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to patch you in here. We're going to link brains. It's, it's a very simple procedure. Seems very intimate. I'm going I'm to patch you through to Mr. Richards. Mr. Mr. Richards's brain, his actual brain. I think he's Doctor Richards. Like, yeah, I just imagine like Professor X here is just like a glorified secretary. <laughs> but uh, he's a or Professor X is a as an administrative assistant because of how much he seems to be kind of crappy toward like people who he considers less than him is kind of great. Oh, this this would be a great sitcom. Great <laughs> sitcom. Professor Xavier operating a switchboard. <laughs> so then Doom Doom kind of gets up and goes, oh, the power is mine. Oh, gosh. Right? So. We get this fun panel of him freaking out and accidentally, like, turning the world around him into, like, a reflection of what he's thinking, which is just, like, everything looks like Doom faces. Mm-hmm. In different colors it looks like some real arty stuff yeah it's very it's very kind of surreal it's i this is actually one of my favorite panels i didn't put it down as like my coolest moment but i thought it was really neat i feel like um 
Yeah, Ma- artistically. Mike, yeah, Mike Zach got to kind of go nuts here. Mm-hmm. Let, I, let me make sure that I said Mike's. Yep, Mike Zach. <laughs> Mike Zach got to go kind of crazy here. He also is immediately um, bombarded with omniscience, which he discovers is a side effect to being omnipotent. Because if you're all powerful, you are just also all knowing. Just comes with. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily true, but he just expects it. And he also gets weird and, and see-through there for a little bit. Yeah. You know, see, <laughs> omnipotence comes with omniscience and see-throughness. Uh-huh. I think Einstein wrote something about that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Einstein wrote a lot about being omnipotent. <laughs> hey, I just thought of like, okay, fine. I, I don't know who writes a lot about omnipotence aside from like Handel's Messiah. Um, Jim Shooter. Okay. <laughs> Jim Shooter, the foremost authority on omnipotence, because he's written like, if we ever get into Secret Wars too. Ugh. Um, but then he kind of accidentally reads all the villains' minds too. Yeah, he seems like he senses all of their desires, and that is visualized on the panel just by all of the dudes making angry faces and the Enchantress just trying to look really seductive with, like, hip popped out to the side and one hand behind her head. She's just making this face. Yeah. I thought she maybe just had a headache and was putting her hand on her head for that reason. But, I mean, if it's hip-popping, sure, you gotta do what you gotta do. But then he also becomes acutely aware of Captain Marvel. Right. Yeah, there's there is a spy here, and she's like, well, shoot. Right. On the next page, we have um, Professor Xavier going, oh, my mind link is cut off. We gotta get there. Mm-hmm. We have them all bound into X-Men's ship, which at this point is still not operational. We had it's a like crash fire. <laughs> yeah. So they, they're like, oh, well, we should just probably, you know, fly or something. But finally, somebody has this great idea. Yeah, Magneto. No, wait. It is not necessary to divide our forces, everyone into the ship. Finally, somebody has the idea that the X-Men and the heroes can can be together. Yep. Like, Professor Xavier is all about dividing forces. It's like he's never seen Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. You can't split up. Well, even Captain America here was, they were going to do, it, it seems like, some of their self-propelling carry-you-on-rock sort of thing. But Magneto's like, no, I got this. I'm just going to move the ship. Let's all get in it. Yeah, and he just picks up the ship with his magnetic powers and propels it supposedly faster than it was being propelled before, possibly. Right, which seems a little bit... I mean, you know, Magneto has whatever powers the plot calls for. Yep. Magneto and Enchantress have whatever powers the plot calls for. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then they kind of have some moments of, of... interpersonal conflict as Magneto is basic Magneto and Wolverine both are kind of calling Captain America like a racist against mutants. Right. Well, because Captain America's like, okay, Magneto's still a terrorist. He's killed lots of people and a lot of them innocent people. And it's really hard for me to look past that. Well, and uh, Wolverine also kind of brings up a good point of like, you're supposed to be fighting for Americans, but you only fight for humans who are Americans. Like, what about us? Like, what about the mutants? Like, we're, we always have to fight for ourselves. We never get help from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a little bit here that I feel like Magneto's a bit of a jerk as well. Fair. He says, allies should be at ease with one another. 
What troubles you? Is it my awesome power? Are you jealous? Afraid? Or is it merely because I am a mutant that you are not at ease? So he gets a little bit jerky there, but I guess he does have have a point. Right. Uh, but, but Cap kind of sticks to his principles of that nothing justifies terror or terrorism or murder. I mean, Cap is nothing if not a very principled man. Right. Like, that's basically his superpower. <laughs> Whereas Wolverine has this line of terrorists, that's what the big army calls the little army. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's that age-old, like, is, are you a terrorist or a freedom fighter? It depends on whose side wins, on who writes the history books. <laughs> who tells the story. Right, like, you know. So it's an interesting dilemma. We, I feel like we've kind of addressed it I mean, several it's, times it's already. not, like, profound. Right. It's... I mean, it's. I feel like it. If I would have been a kid, it would have maybe been more profound. But it's right. You know, like, I'm almost thirty. <laughs> giving you some eye-opening questions and things to think about, but right. Okay. It's it's uh it's Marvel event profound. Mm-hmm. It's their little soapbox here in the middle of issue ten. Right. So we uh we cut to Doom, who is considering how he is going to like how is he, how is he going to deal with the Beyonder with this new Galactus power. Right. So he's debating a little bit. Does he go take on the Beyonder? Or now that he has this power, he could easily slay everybody else and then just get what he wants from the Beyonder. Right. Is this is he going to kind of work in the Beyonder's realm of rules or is he going to is he going to flip the table and go after the Beyonder himself? Mm hmm. And then I'm excited we finally get to see Claw again a little bit. He's just ahead at this point. Yeah, just just ahead on a table. It's, it's real sad. You'd think, you know, Doctor Doom, he he's done with the little claw lenses now. You'd mm-hmm. think you could you could put them all back together again. Yeah, but he's not gonna. <laughs> Instead, he, he sort of monologues a little more about how he is going to take on the Beyonder because he has a little a little. He calls it a sling because he is David taking on Goliath, mm-hmm. concealed in his breastplate. And he kind of turns his armor and cloak into like a more roboticy looking armor. Yeah, like kind of this bright flash of light. It looks like it almost looks like Volcana's plasma form. Right. He kind of like goes goes through this flash of light, and then he suddenly kind of has a bit of a different armor, still with the little hood though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, 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 different look. Yeah. He he got an upgrade. He was looking a little tattered before. Yeah. Now he's just kind of he's kind of looking robot chic, and then he just bids farewell to somebody. To claw? <laughs> he's outside, isn't he? Oh no, he's not. They just the coloring made it seem like it was outside. I thought, uh, but yeah, he just. It seems like he's just gonna peace out and go fight the Beyonder. Yep. You know. But then at that moment, <laughs> there's a big kafoom. Yeah, as the heroes decide, why use doors when we can rip another hole in Doom Base to enter? You know, they're not very good. They were on a ship. Like, did they all decide to disembark from the ship? Like, the ship, I think there was some place for that ship to dock or something. Maybe they just made a beeline straight to, like, the closest point and then ripped into there. Uh, Wouldn't have looked nearly as cool if they'd used a door, I guess. Right. So they go looking for Doom and uh, notice that all the prisoners are still where they're supposed to be. So Doom did not let them out. Except for Claw. Except for Claw. And uh, this is also when Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, notices the sort of strange form of Captain Marvel. Yeah, she looks like, I mean, in the panel, it just kind of looks like a yellow form with a slight outline. They call her 
almost like she's a frozen hologram. Yeah, of course, Mr. Fantastic has to has to come and mansplain to us what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. But then they also find Claw's head. Uh-huh. And I don't think I quite realized that, like, Claw's face is all there, but, like, everything behind his frontal lobe looks like it's gone. Yeah, well, I don't think Claw has, like, what you call have a, brain. a brain. He doesn't have a brain, but where his, everything behind his frontal lobe would be. I mean, I think he's probably still got a brain stem. It kind of looks there. like he's got a little bishop hat on. But yeah, like if it's somebody just, just sliced <laughs> the top of his head off and then put a little bishop's hat on it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so... And he's just as pleasant as can be about it. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, Doom totally cut me out to make those uh those little lenses." And Mr. Fan- the Mr. Fantastic guess and guesses guesses. Ugh. And he's like, "It didn't hurt because I'm just sound, yo." Mm-hmm. And as they're questioning Claw about where Doom went, we have a big crack a boom. Yeah, it it seems like there's uh there's some big bangs happening. Mm-hmm. Everybody is uh, shook up there, and who is that? In the background, it looks like they're in like a white karate karate outfit. Is that Professor X? Is that he is just, Professor X. He's just dapper and all in white. He is wearing all all white, and he has a little striped tie, but it's just so small on the page. I don't think they'd made okay. it put the stripes in. Yeah, Professor X wearing literally all white. Classy. How has he not gotten that dirty? That's true. There's been a lot of explosions. And, uh, Battle They've World been just buried seems like under dirt. rubble. There is not a lot of vegetation. By now, that should be gray. Yeah, at least. At least. So we uh, we zoom to Doom, who is trying to do battle with the Beyonder, and the Beyonder says, Stop, you cannot approach me. Yeah, and Doom's basically like, Well, then you come out and face me, buddy. Doom has the audacity to say grovel before Doom, which is kind of fantastic when he's like, Hey, I just got omnipotence, so I'm going to try to face this extra-dimensional being. Grovel before doom. He's got nothing if not confidence. Yes. They look at the monitor and discover that, yes, the rift is still open. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, cannot walk over to a monitor. No, he's going to stay standing in the middle of the room and just stretch to it. Yeah, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards. It's got, he's a stretchy boy. <laughs> and they'd give us, like, every opportunity, like, to point this out. I just, just imagine him, like, like Gumby. Yeah. Yeah. Just always stretching all the time, even when it's, like, not necessary. To me, I just... I'm telling you, that didn't used to happen. Yeah. In old school Fantastic Four, he would mostly stay looking like a a person. And supposedly, the thought is that, like, Stan Lee thought that him stretching all the time would kind of make him seem silly. Right. Yeah. I mean, save save the big powers for when you really need them. It's oh, not no, like... I would stretch all the time. Are you kidding me? Well, it's not like Captain Marvel goes in her light form when she needs to use the restroom. Like, Yeah, but she'd like overshoot it. You can stretch into the bathroom. <laughs> I'm not going to think about the mechanics of that. <laughs> Reed's just typing on his computer and his whole body's in the restroom and someone's like, I'm just not going to go in there. <laughs> mm. So Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, is kind of tracking what's going on a little bit with Doctor Doom and the Beyonder, he can see that there's some sort of battle happening between that, but he really can't tell too much because the equipment is not that advanced. Right, and he kind of sees Galactus floating in space after he got the energy robbed from him, and is like, "We maybe should try to get him because he might be the, our only help." Right. After we just tried to get him, it's a roller coaster. We might coaster. need to get him after we just tried to get him. Yep. 
That was some good emphasis. I liked it. <laughs> the rest of the heroes are just trying to sort of cope with the fact that everything is is getting smashed. Spider-Man and the Thing go get She-Hulk and are like, we were going to need her even though she's not all the way healed. Mm-hmm. The A monitor tips over on Mr. Fantastic. So the Thing picks the monitor up off of him. But, uh... And, like, the Human Torch runs over and is trying yeah, to it's comfort just them. general chaos. There's, like, earthquakes and just aftershocks happening right. constantly. So the, the Hulk turns a monitor over to that village where all of the villagers are, and Colossus notes, notices that Jaji is hurt. He is real hung up on Jaji. Yeah. He's known her for, like, two days. He said, like, a sentence to her. And she didn't understand it. Yeah. And he's not understood anything that she said. Colossus looks not good in Secret Wars. And I'm a general, like, big fan of Colossus. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude, but I'm just like, oh my god, dude, you gotta stop. Granted, I, he's effectively like an older teenage boy, but he's still kind of a teenage boy. I don't know. It's just real bad. Um, he, and he goes and tells, like, Johnny, like, oh, I've gotta, I've gotta tell Johnny because she really loves the human torch. Mm-hmm. And Johnny's basically like, I don't care, Reed's hurt. Right. He calls you know, her a chippy? Old, a, a chippy. I've never heard that term. Well, it pretty well outrages Colossus. Yeah, he's like, a chippy? A chippy? Yeah. Colossus is, is outraged. He's so weird in that he's like, oh, I love her, but I know that she loves Johnny Storm, so I must tell Johnny Storm. It's this, it's a it's a classic love triangle. Is it? Johnny Storm loves nobody. <laughs> at least not at this point. So we get this really cool zoom out panel at the end of the clash of doom and the beyonder. And it's starting to like whip like flares away from the sun. That's um, that battle world is surrounding. Mm-hmm. It's real scary. Yeah. And doom base does not look like it is in good shape. It looks like it's collapsing. Yeah. It's like tipping from the over. Outside. So our next page here, like everything is just very streaky with doom battling the beyonder so we've got like this visual of all of these different colors of energy being thrown back and forth and i mean it seems it seems pretty intense and i think the art did a pretty good job actually here of trying to communicate what's going on it's very abstract it seems yeah it's it's very pew pew lasers uh Mm -hmm. it's kind of some dragon ball z stuff shout Mm -hmm. out to those of you who've watched dragon ball z not me. Not Christy. Um, but Doom is losing. Yeah, he is getting pretty battered. He loses a leg. Um, he does totally lose his leg. I miss that. Yeah, it's just it's just detached from his body. Right, and like it, it looks like all these force beams are like burning him. But he is uh, he is like defiant to the last. He's like, I do must not die. Right. So then suddenly we're. Back to Doom Base, and it it seems like it's gotten still here. Mm-hmm. But Professor X has some sort of sense that uh, somebody's somebody's here, and Spidey chimes in and very eloquently says that his Spidey sense is going bazonkers. Bazonkers. Uh huh. Yeah. The commonly used phrase. I think if you're Spider Man, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a hologram of Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Leg attached. Well, if I made a hologram of myself after I just lost my leg, I probably would have forgotten that I lost my leg yeah. and made a hologram with leg attached. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's in pretty good shape in this little vision of himself. Yeah. So he basically says, I am coming to you because I have the chance to beat the Beyonder. 
and I'm asking you to lend me your powers. All you have to do is reach out and touch my hand. It's a real spirit bomb moment. Man, the Dragon Ball Z references just keep on coming. So, Christy, a spirit bomb is a move that Goku does where he gathers energy from the entire Earth, like just a little bit. But, you know, it's it, a little bit from everybody makes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Some real spirit bomb stuff here. Okay. This, the, I also made a spirit bomb joke with Galactus because he had his hands up in the air. Yeah, I remember you saying that and me thinking, gosh, is that something I should know? And now I know that it isn't. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, readers, yeah, if you really enjoyed Dragon Ball Z. This, this, this is just a fun little back and forth that we have that's more tongue-in-cheek. I don't really dislike Dragon Ball Z. I'm just kind of apathetic. Right. And it looks like nobody's really going to take him up on it until Magneto decides he's going to, but then kind of gets hesitant. But then he also gets, like, tackled by Hawkeye, Iron Man, and Wasp, who are, like, ready to stop him because they assumed that Magneto was, in fact, going to help Doctor Doom, which I guess to them is is not a good idea. They don't want Doctor Doom to get any more power. Mm-hmm. So they they rip him back, but he had he had paused. He did hesitate before he was. So it's not like they stopped in mid motion. Like he went and then stopped, and then they tackled him. And that seems to be um, noticed by Captain America, who after Magneto sort of blasts everybody away from him, um, Captain America was like, "Hey, that's enough, Hawkeye. Like we all maybe were tempted to help him. Like this is mm-hmm. terrifying." So Doom's really powerful, right? And so it's possible that Doom was exerting forces on them that they didn't fully understand, manipulating them in ways just beyond, hey, come help me and, you know, I'll give you whatever you want, just actually messing with their minds. Right. I think this is a callback to sort of how he was earlier toward Magneto and kind of accepting of Magneto's possible redemption. Right. So, you know, Cap Cap listened. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a principled man, if nothing else, as we've said. If nothing else. But he also ends by saying it's possible we'll, we'll regret not helping Doom. Since Doom's hologram has since disappeared because he couldn't maintain it. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Doom has lost. It looks, it appears that way. He is fairly defeated. He's got a couple black eyes. He has lost an arm in addition to the leg. Yeah, he's not in great shape. But he gathers up his remaining powers and we get like full flashback here of Doom's life. Right. With... uh. Uh, his uh, young life as a Romani, his um, mother being trapped in the uh, netherworld after, like... Yeah, and uh, the extra-dimensional netherworld, which is part of his whole backstory here, which we touched on a little bit before, um, and his attempts to contact her, which left him scarred, and... He's just just a, a lot of introspective there on his own life and how he got where he was. Right, sort of his rise as like the the ruler of Latveria, um, and then the Beyonder starts like kind of dissecting him as he's alive. Yeah, he like takes off all of his armor, peels back his skin, right, like on half of his body. It is it is so. Strange, and as you know, Doom's thinking back on all of this, and he's you know suffering kind of in agony as the as the Beyonders dissecting him. He remembers he had put some sort of secret weapon in his suit, right? And, and he reaches for it with his one remaining hand. Mm-hmm. This dissection bit, it, like that, like kind of creeped me out on a visceral level. Oh, it's 
gross. It's creepy. You can see all of his ribs, and it's it's awful. Yeah. And so, it's almost like it doesn't seem like the Beyonder's doing it to be malicious. It seems like he's just he's just curious. Yeah, the Beyonder is remarkably childlike in his omnipotence. Right, like he he is very powerful, knows a lot, but he really doesn't understand people. I mean, he literally grabbed a bunch of bad guys and good guys and wanted to bash them into each other. Yeah, yeah. Is every child? The Beyonder, like in if this marketing, if in this marketing campaign, well, yeah, sure they do when they have their little toys, their little action figures. Mm-hmm. Everybody's the Beyonder of their own Secret Wars action figure set. Effectively. Oh. Yeah. The marketing runs deep. Mm-hmm. When I'm when I DM, I'm the Beyonder. Ooh, yeah, you are. <laughs> I like to bash my toys together. So. Uh, Doombase is now completely falling apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, Captain America is like, we got to save all these villains. They can't. We can't just let them like die in here. Yeah, we can't let them be crushed to death in these prison cells. Like, principled man, once again. Right, and Wolverine comes to help him. Yeah, and which Cap did not expect. Wolverine just shows up, and, and Wolverine didn't expect to find Cap either. So they kind of find some common ground in what they're doing here and looking out Looking out for those that, you know, really would probably wouldn't look out for them. Right. And Cap just tells all the villains, like, get outside. It's safer. And they're like, sure. Like, they're not. Don't have to tell me twice. Yeah, they're not about to fight or anything. Mm-hmm. So they, they all do get out just in time. Nobody's crushed in Doom Base. But things are not looking great. No. The, the planet itself is, like, not in good shape. Hulk even says, like, it might be about ready to shake into space gravel. Yeah, so things are looking pretty dicey when we have doom. Yeah, a giant light comes in the sky which forms into like a huge like 200 feet tall Doctor Doom if not bigger than that. He's huge. Mhm. He's he, bigger than Doom Base. And he announces the Beyonder is dead. Now the supreme being in the universe is doomed. And then I like that there's just like a little pan- a little bubble of Spider-Man going, Cap, my gosh, Cap, now what? So the heroes just assume that this is going to be a big fight, the big fight of their lives. But then Doom just shrinks down and he takes off his face mask and he chants with them. He's like, hey, the Beyonder's gone. We're, we're, there's no one left to fight. There's no enemy left to fight. The war is over, it says in big letters. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's like, I'm all powerful now. There's no reason for me to fight you. It's okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, this is kind of... I've read the newest Secret Wars, but I hadn't read this one. And it's kind of incredible, the amount of callbacks. Mm. Um, at some point, you should read the new Secret Wars. Is that is that what's going to be up next? Maybe. Hmm. Readers, let us know. But until then, uh, we're going to do accolades. So, starting with best line. Sure. My best line is from Dr. Doom. When he's talking to all of the heroes, he says, In the name of all who exist in our universe, I, Doom, have dared to attack the Beyonder. It's the most, like, haughty thing to say when you're already omnipotent. (laughs) I would expect nothing less from Doom. So my best line is uh, the thing, speaking to Reed Richards' Mr. Fantastic. And this is after Reed Richards' Mr. Fantastic has been crushed by that monitor. 
and the the thing's trying to wake him wake him up and he's like come on big brain say something complicated so as i know you're okay <laughs> i love that thing. that's so good <laughs> Although it's funny how many times he said in Secret Wars, like, Reed just talks big, but he says it all the time in Fantastic Four, too. Mm. All right. Greatest hero. My greatest hero is probably the same as your greatest hero, I bet. Mine is Captain America, because he goes through, like, a little mini redemption arc, or if you want to call it that, in this issue where he's having the interpersonal conflict with Magneto and Wolverine and... Magneto and Wolverine thinks that he is has these high-minded principles that don't have any room for them, but he shows them otherwise when he sticks up for Magneto and then saves saves the villains in that last um, sort of pitched earthquake. I feel like Cap kind of was the standout in this issue. I, I was a similar vein here, but I, I went ahead I, and I shared it with Wolverine for oh, okay. really primarily the moment of Cap and Wolverine both independently find their way down to the villains to free them. So I thought that was a big act of heroism. And one thing I want to note that autocorrect, when I tried to spell out Wolverine, put silver one. Silver one. <laughs> his his bones are silver colored. And then finally, coolest moment, or not finally, next coolest mm. moment. Giant Doom. Yeah, Doom's Doctor Doom's super powerful return after beating the Beyonder. Yeah, when he's like two hundred feet tall, that's it's like epically inked, and he's just giant, and it's this dynamic pose. It was very scary. Yeah, it's a, it's huge. He was huge, and it it was huge. Although I had trouble picking between this and the page where he's doing battle with the Beyonder, and there's the panel where he's like fallen over, and there's like bit like ripping him up and stuff. Yeah, that was. I don't know if that was like cool so much as it was kind of intense yeah and epic yes mm-hmm. and then finally silly villainy the crusher creel award for silly villainy crusher creel award for silly villainy i uh, gave it to dr doom when he was creeping on the villain's desires yeah i thought that was just i mean the, the panel itself was silly where that was happening and it was just kind of like a weird thing, like of all of his, of all of the things that could have happened when he got those powers, what he subconsciously wanted to know was the desires of the villains. Yeah. Uh, my silly villainy went to Claw again for just, just being a little, a little goofball talking to Mr. Fantastic, uh, Reed Richards about how his, he was cut up into lenses and how it didn't hurt because he was sound. And, uh, someone calls doom insane and he goes that must be why we get along so well i love claw in this so much this is the first i've ever read of claw and i know it's very different from where he how he is otherwise but i really love him as the comic relief in this it's interesting to make claw the comic relief but there's a lot of like sort of like purple prose and over dramatic moments that i feel like they just needed like something oh yeah definitely for sure. All right. So now we're moving on to issue 11. The issue opens with a handsome Dr. Doom telling the heroes how the Beyonder is no more and that he is the most powerful being in the universe. A truly snuggly thought. However, instead of deciding to casually unmake the heroes, Doom wishes to parlay. The villains notice Doom attempting to make nice with the heroes to varying levels of intrigue and fury. 
Molecule Man seems to be sliding the needle pretty heavily towards Fury as he shoves the heroes out of the way by moving a huge chunk of tectonic plate before confronting the good doctor. Instead of wiping Owen Reese from the face of reality, Dr. Doom instead gives him a gift from the realm of eternity, the ability to control all molecules, not just pesky non-living ones. Island of Dr. Molecule Man, here we come. Molecule Man, now imbued with an appropriate level of overconfidence, decides to lead the heroes to Volcana's Pad on a chunk of Denver suburb that makes up the patchwork of Battleworld. Oh, and don't worry, the heroes are still pretty good. The villains' conference about leaving Battleworld, which Owen Reese decides to do by simply lifting off their Denver patch into space. Back at Doom Base, Colossus ultimately wants to go find Jaji because he is being a human lovesick caricature. But as he departs on a flying jet ski, a strange light flies into Doom Base and starts possessing members of the hero roster, ending with Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman creeps towards the sleeping head of Claw before Dr. Doom whooshes in at literally unseen speeds, taking Claw, restoring Captain Marvel, and leaving a message telling the heroes they are summoned to Doom Tower. Doom certainly does have a motif. Doom reveals to Claw that while he is all-powerful, he wishes to turn off his godhood momentarily and have Claw on watch, and urges Claw to not let him sleep. Meanwhile, Colossus arrives at Jaji's with flowers, in the middle of the night, like a horrifying home invader. The heroes are all ready for their departure to Doom Tower, where Doom welcomes them to his own little monologue performance, in which he explains slash brags about his powers and pulls a Scrooge here by undoing past misdeeds and offering the heroes one boon. The heroes are pretty okay with just what they have, which leads Doom to tell them to be gone, as he plans to rescue his mother's spirit from the netherworld. They can't find Spider-Woman, however, who transfers that strange light to Claw and leaves with the heroes who discuss Doom's plan. The heroes carefully conference on what to do about Doom before agreeing to fight him, but unfortunately the room they are in suddenly blows to bits. Well, that one certainly ends on a cliffhanger, but I guess we can discuss it as we uh, go through the issue in a little more detail. So what do you think of the very start of this issue, which is kind of like a shocking sight if you're a longtime Marvel fan? By shocking sight, do you mean Dr. Doom looking handsome as heck? Yeah, Dr. Doom, a <laughs> GQ model here, taking off his mask, just like, hey, Dr. Doom here, ready to tell you about all the fall fashions. Yeah, the cover is literally just a view of Dr. Doom from the backside looking all muscly and buff, and he's got no, like, face mask, hood up, everything, and the heroes look, like, shocked, like, almost appalled shocked, but then we see Dr. Doom's face, and he is handsome. He's a handsome boy. He's looking real good, and, uh... He just kind of starts off by saying, like, the Beyonder's dead, now I'm the mightiest being in the universe, and I could kill all of you. But I don't want to. But I'm not gonna. <laughs> but everybody's ready to, like, ready to throw down, and he was just like, no, I I, I just wanted to talk. Yeah, and, and Spidey even notes here, like, hey, my Spidey sense would be tingling if he meant to kill us. So he's, pro he's probably telling the truth there. Yeah, for sure. However, nearby is a ga the gang of villains who is uh, none too happy that Dr. Doom is now cozying up to the heroes. And this panel to me is hilarious because all of these villains, except for one, are watching Doom. But we have Enchantress just lounging on the rock and dirt, like, hand to her head, like, woe is me. And uh, just like like a, a beautiful ugly, I guess. I don't know. 
Enchantress just kind of does some lounging. It's just how she does. It, you know, it, sure, sure. It's so silly to me, though. Um, Enchantress also seems to comment that that, that she's pretty much kind of into what Doom is doing because she admires treachery. Kind of a game-recognized game. Yeah, yeah. And her costume, okay? So at first we see her from, you know, afar, but then we get this close-up of her. Her costume is just so... It, it defies... It defies the laws of gravity here. And that's that's all I'm going to say. There's not enough of it to cover the things and hold up the things it's supposed to be holding up. Oh, okay. Is it not made? It's not a magic costume? If it's a magic costume, that's some pretty good... I guess that's some pretty good magic. <laughs> I guess so. So ultimately, it seems like Titania is kind of bummed out after getting beat by Spider-Man. But Owen Reese is like the most pissed off about Doctor Doom seemingly betraying them. Mm-hmm. I love that we have a little bit of lizard missing claw. Yeah, and the lizard just kind of missing his good like, pal claw. Where's where's claw? Claw would claw would know what to do. He's my friend. <laughs> oh, the lizard. Yep. So the lizard's great, but yeah, Owen Owen Reese definitely seems very upset. Remember, he was like Doom's like lapdog. He was like worshiping Doom, thought he was great, and Doom was doing everything to be on Molecule Man's good side because he recognized Molecule Man was was the most powerful guy in the room. Right, but now he is the second most powerful guy in the room, which still means powerful enough to rip the heroes away from Doom by just lifting up a tectonic plate. Yeah, it looks like, like the zoom out almost looks like an ocean, except the ocean is just battle world and the wave is actually Earth. Yeah. Just being torn up. And then Owen comes to confront Dr. Doom. Yeah, but Dr. Doom now has his mask and hood on. Apparently, Owen Reese isn't good enough to see that beautiful face. (laughs) It's true. You gotta earn that privilege. (laughs) And... Owen Reese threatens to obliterate Doom. He definitely does, but instead of uh, Doom simply unmaking him, as uh, as you would assume Doom would do, or do something in retribution, Doom takes him to this kind of strange realm of eternity, which is drawn kind of psychedelically. Yeah, just, it, it it's a very, like, 1980s sort of psychedelic. It looks like something out of a weird video game. I think it looks like Tron a little bit. Yeah, Tron. It looks like Tron. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just a little. Just a little. Yeah. With lots of uh, powder blue and bright pinks. Right. And uh, Doom kind of removes a restriction from Owen Reese's powers and that Owen Reese before could only do his powers on, he said non-organic molecules, but I'm a, I'm a (laughs) Molecular scientist, and organic just means anything with carbon. I think he means non-living things. Right. Right. Because he said previously that he can't manipulate living molecules, which makes sense that you can, you can injure Owen Reese, or you could, and he can't heal himself. Right. But now, no longer. Yeah, now he can do molecule powers on anything. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, he kind of uses this newfound knowledge when he goes back from eternity to take command of the of the villains. Yeah, he who, says he's going to take care of them. To which Doc Ock is like, "Really, you? Right. You're going to take care of us?" Because Molecule Man, he's it's kind of a goober. In, yeah, he's a little he's a little impotent in some ways. Yeah, he's just he's kind of mild mannered. Uh, so they 
ultimately decide, well, I guess he's got enough powers that if he says he's going to be in charge, we, we better listen to him. Right, and he makes a um, boat out of molecules and takes them off into the sky where they're apparently going to go to Volcana's yeah. house. All she has to do is like, oh, we could go to my place. And he's like, yep, that's what we're doing. Oh, I didn't think that was what she meant, but now that's pretty funny. <laughs> I do like that they're like, man, there were all these bases on Battleworld. I guess let's go to Volcana's house. <laughs> Not even a house. It's an apartment, right? Right. Yeah. So as they soar off in the ship, we come back and we see the heroes who are, of, of course, okay. Like, if you're ever worried that there's going to be some sort of big event wiping out all of the heroes in Secret Wars... It, it's probably not gonna not gonna happen. Right. We, we have a lot of those instances. They can't be crushed by a mountain. They can't be like blown up. They can't. They can't even die. Like none of them can die. No. Even ones who seem like they're gonna die. Um, so I I do love how they're being saved. Like Mister Fantastic Reed Richards is just stretched to be like a carrying pouch for all of the heroes that can't fly. Basically, like, Iron Man is the stork. Uh-huh. That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. And Re- that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and Reed Richards is kind of like the, the sheet that's carrying the baby, which is all of the rest of the heroes. Other than, like, Thor and Rogue, who are flying. There are actually other people who can fly, so I'm wondering where everybody else is supposed to be. You know, they only wanted to draw three flyers in this panel. Like, that's all they Storm? had room for. Man, Storm has been underserved in Secret Wars, though. I, I would argue that most of the women in Secret Wars have been underserved. True. Um, so now they're having their own little discussion group back at uh, Doom Base, which I guess they're still calling Doom Base. Right. It's the abandoned Doom Base. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out what on earth has actually happened. So Cap and Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards just basically do a recap of what's gone on so far. In case you haven't read the previous 10 issues of Secret Wars, here you go. Yeah, the, the Beyonder brought us here. And... Gave us gave us this directive of slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. Yep. So th- that's what the villain's oh, trying think, to do. I think we have to be done with the podcast now. Huh? You said it. That's our sign off. I think we have to be done with the podcast. Oh, bye. Now. See you next time. <laughs> and then they talk about had Doom having bigger ambitions than that to slay the Beyonder, and he won. So thank you. We- we've recapped. Wonderful. <laughs> it was three panels. Whew. It's a quick recap. <laughs> If the rest of you need a recap, please listen to the previous episodes of Chris's on Infinite Earth. Yeah, we give you a lot more than three panels worth. It's true. So Hulk, of course, just wants to go out and smash people because that's what Hulk wants to do, of course. Yeah. But they're still not really sure what action they can take at this point because Doom's super powerful. Right. So the, the action that the villains are taking is that they're uh, they're chilling in, in that suburb of Denver apartment. Yeah, it looks like Denver from in the streets is not so great. You know, people don't know what's going on. Looks like things have been looted. Lots of things broken. Remember, there were all sorts of earthquakes that were basically happened in the last issue as well. Right. So things aren't in good shape, but except in Volcano's apartment, things seem nice. Maybe yeah. they weren't before and Molecule Man fixed them. Who knows? Yeah, but apparently they have no electricity or running water or anything and all the food spoiled. Although, couldn't Owen just make food? He could. He can make living matter now. Delicious fried chicken. Delicious fried chicken. Just serving it up. 
See, oh, and could, he, could he have done that chicken. before? Because when once chicken is fried, I mean, it's not alive. <sighs> Ooh, good point. Would that be new power? Or mm. oh, would that already have, have been in the purview of what he could do before? I don't know. Can can Owen Reese make food? If he can make non-living stuff, you think he could make like medicine or like band-aids or something? <laughs> so far, we've only really seen him make explosions. Yeah, or like just and moving a, stuff. And, a, and Oh, he made that <laughs> carriage that carried them off into the sky. Yeah. He made a carriage before, too, to carry out Volcana. He also uh, encased somebody in metal. Yeah. So so a lot of fighting things. Not a lot of practical uses seen so far for Molecule Man's po- powers. Yeah, if I was Owen Reese, I would just use it to make tasty snacks. Mm-hmm. And then I would get rid of them if I knew I was consuming too many calories. Yeah, you just you just shed those pounds just by thinking about it when you're Molecule Man. That's true. And Okay, yeah, so... Now that he has these powers, why is he not, like, more handsome? He still looks like he's Whoa, slightly balding. Maybe, maybe he's good with that. You don't know <laughs> maybe how he's Owen Reese feels. Maybe he's good with who he is. Okay. He's drawn a little bit differently in, in later comics. He's, he's kind of a little more comic booky. Okay. Yeah. If we do Secret Wars 2015, uh, he's maybe in it. It's. it's I'm, I'm just saying, if in a comic book, a woman got powers to alter living material you know what the comic book writers would have her do right away uh i was gonna say make food but that's still a stereotype man <laughs> so they're trying to figure out what to do but owen reese is like i'm just gonna take us all home yeah because apparently titania and crusher krill just want to go home and everybody else is cool with it so he just encases the suburb in like a bubble like a shield, you know, because they're about to enter space. Yeah, and they just blast off, off of Battle World. Bye bye. <laughs> the heroes notice this and are just kind of like, "What?" And uh, Julia Carpenter is like, "I had friends there." <laughs> like that's that's where she came from. Right. That's where that's where her peeps were. Yeah. Which you know, curious that if like she's this hero and things were so chaotic in that suburb suburb of Denver, like couldn't she have? I guess she came out to see what she could do to help the whole situation, but it seems like those people were pretty lost and could have used some direction from somebody, <laughs> anybody. Yeah, that's true. But Julia Carpenter just wanted to go punch Galactus. I mean, we all want to, right? We're like, man, right. I just got to say I can punch right. Galactus. So then we see Colossus brooding that evening yep. in in his like steel Colossus form, like ready to ready to go i guess mm-hmm. but he is uh he's talking about he can't sleep because he's so in love yep Ugh, sorry yawn because uh i was really bored by that part, <laughs> by that part of secret words <laughs> seriously this colossus jaji love thing is like snooze fast to well, me the whole reason jim shooter did it is so they couldn't have colossus and kitty pride anymore right he wanted to squash <laughs> that so i think i'll take this over the underage romance. Right. I mean, you did. Did you like their romance in Astonishing X-Men? Hmm. Yeah, you could, could have took, taken hmm. it and left it. There, there, there are very few romances in comic books that really tug at my heartstrings. Oh, really? Tangent time. Which ones do? Uh, so I, I loved Spider-Woman and Porcupine is, is, Oh, I love that romance. Uh, to all the comic book fans, when you think of the great comic book romance, is this the first one that you think of, Porcupine and Spider-Woman? <laughs> it should be. Not I love like... that. It was such a slow build. It was beautiful. It made sense. Yeah, it's just a bummer that it's just like, it's done. Yeah. You know, like, not like Lois Lane in, in Superman or... No, I, I like the ones that haven't Mary been Jane like... Mary Jane Spider-Man. That's like saying your favorite romance is... Well, I was going to say Romeo and Juliet. That's... 
If you that's your favorite <laughs> romance, you haven't read it. But I mean, yeah, of course, there's all the big ones, all the classic ones. But I like the ones that I've gotten to read and discover along the way, not like the ones that are just the, like it's like jammed down your throat. Yeah. yeah, like I don't, I can't remember a time when I didn't know Lois Lane and Superman. Right. Like it's not like. I was suddenly like reading Superman and going, I hope he gets gets with that Lois Lane. Like it right. was, it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like if Jim and Pam from The Office were always a couple, like it wouldn't have been a great love story. Right. I think a lot of what's what's interesting about comics love stories is how certain people portray aspects of it rather than the ongoing. But that's that's almost like the true of comics is like how can you portray this icon, right, in a short period of time? And I think the romance is kind of are handled the same way. I'm sorry, we went on quite a bit of a tangent there, but I think it was a good one. All right. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's daydreaming about Jaji, so Jim Shooter could make sure we killed the whole Kitty Pride relationship. Uh, so he goes on a flying uh, jet ski yeah. to go find her in the middle of the night, you know, as you do. They call it a tiny sky sled. No, it's a jet ski. It looks like a jet ski. It looks just like a jet ski. the sky, it's a just sky going jet through ski. the air. A jet stream ski. <laughs> And then we see, like, this streak of light coming in through an, a window and where Hulk is sleeping. Apparently, Hulk just sleeps on the ground. Um, Hulk need no pillow. <laughs> Hulk's strongest there is. <laughs> and this light, like, strikes him and it, it looks like it almost hurts him. It looks a little goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, like, possesses him. Mm-hmm. Which we kind of see now as we see Julia Carpenter just, just strolling down the hallway. She in just, her costume. With her mask on. Well, I mean, have we really seen any of these heroes not wearing their costumes? I mean, that's literally all they had with them. I guess that's true. I'd pop the mask down, though. I mean, I guess Spider-Man can't because, like, at this point, Spider-Man's secret identity is pretty much still, like, a, like, it's, like, graven. It's, it's like, it is mm-hmm. very important. So this entire time, Spider-Man has had to, like, chill out with his mask on. I guess he could pop it up to eat and stuff. Yeah, I mean... Iron Man's suit's pretty much been on, except for that one time he was injured, and Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, had to repair it. Iron Man, how do you pee? You know, that's a good question for nearly any superhero outfit, except... Well, a lot of them can, like, pop them down, I feel like. Yeah, except for the thing, which wears hardly any clothes. Well, we don't know what goes on with the thing. (laughs) He's got a different biology. So, Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman, is uh, going down the hallway. Oh, is she getting this treatment now, too? Well, we did it a little bit in the, in the last issue, so I, I guess I might as well keep it up. Okay. And plus, there's more than one Spider-Woman, so we may need to specify. Indefinitely. I don't think they ever are going to show up in the same comic. Indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we're, we're, we're dwelling on this. That's my fault. So Hulk pops up behind her, and she at first like doesn't seem to think too much of it until he real she realizes that he's like sleepwalking, doesn't seem to see her or notice her. Uh, so she decides to make a web to try and trap him, so he doesn't do anything too bad. Yeah, the web holds him for a little bit, but then he breaks through because Hulk's strongest there is. Mm-hmm. And then the light goes from Hulk into Julia. Yeah, he kind of like just bashes her in the face a little bit he he like palms her in the face not a big punch or anything kind of a kind of a forceful shove yeah and she falls and the light goes into her and suddenly she is stalking off down in the hall and she seems to be headed toward claw before a big flash of light happens she forgets why she was there 
And she forgets that she'd seen Hulk. Right. And it seems like Doom has just come in. Now, like, I don't know how much of you readers are reading along with the actual comic, but Hulk is not, or not Hulk, Doom is not seen in this page. Just no. kind of his handiwork. We're just going to know that he's here, but it, it, it it's going to become very clear very soon. But uh, the heroes all rush in uh, because... Julia Carpenter, you know, cries out as this big flash of light happens. And as they all get there, Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman, announces that Doom was here. And the reason we know that Doom was here is because there's a huge message from him on the wall. Well, there's a few things. There's Um, a few things. Captain Marvel is back to being normal, but she doesn't get to talk about it or anything. She's just with the rest of the heroes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Claw's gone. Yep. And, yeah, there's this message, which just says in right. giant letters. Well, those first two things could have happened a number of different ways, maybe. Well, Julia maybe. also says he did this. Right. Um. So the letters say, you are summoned to the Tower of Doom at dusk tomorrow. And then they look out the window, I guess, and see this giant golden tower, which I guess is Doom Tower. Right. Like. Oh, no, Tower of Doom, ta- not the Doom Tower. Tower of Doom. Is, is, isn't that a ride? And... <laughs> the Tower of Doom. Um, well, the Tower of Terror is the Disney ride. And there is the Doom thing, which is actually very similar to the Tower of Terror that you and I went on on Islands of Adventure. So if you want to call that ride the Tower of Doom, I think it's appropriate. All right. <laughs> what was your favorite ride? Yeah, I liked yeah. that a lot. It's a big, it's a folly ride, guys. I, li- I like falling. Mm-hmm. As long Controlled, as I know, as long down. as I know somebody's, I'm going to be caught. Yeah, that's always good. <laughs> so in Doom Tower is Claw and Doom, who are having some sweet hangs. Yeah, uh, Doom's got this big old throne and has like this light emanating emanating from him, and Claw's just kind of lounging on the steps, and it kind of reminds me of like a fool in a king's court. Yes, like and he's Claw's, the court jester. Claw's back in jester. his Claw is back in his <laughs> entire body. Yeah, he has his whole body, including his lavender panties. His lavender panties and his little his little uh, satellite dish hand. <laughs> yeah. His claw. That's why he's claw. It's not even a claw, though. It's it a doesn't little... have a hook at all. What if his name was Dish? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Dish and Dr. Doom um, kind of walk off, and Dr. Doom talks about how he will miss dreaming and that he is going to turn off his god powers for a little while to kind of have a bit of a rest. Mm-hmm. But, but we, wants... we presume that he can't dream, apparently, because he's worried whatever he dreams will come to pass. Right. Because, you know, whatever he thinks becomes. Right. So that's kind of scary. But he, So he doesn't want to fall asleep, but he does just kind of want a little bit of a rest, so he has claw stand guard. It's a bit of a humanizing moment for him. Yeah. So then we see the alien village and in the, in the middle of the night, Jaji, in her bedroom, startled awake. By the silhouette of Colossus at her bedroom door. Who's, who just showed up with flowers, just kind of busted up in her in her house in the middle of the night. Um, Zhaji sleeps in the same clothes that she just walks around in, in in the day. Right. She's got one outfit. Yeah. And, you know, that quite doesn't quite make... It makes sense for the heroes because they just popped up here. But Zhaji's whole village is here. Mm-hmm. Like, her home is here. That's all she's got? Yep. That's it? One. One. Uh, oh, no, it's it's ten outfits, and they but just it's all, all, all look the same. Like that. Yeah, for sure. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. So she seems to be somewhat happy that he shows up with flowers in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. To aliens, what if flowers are like something that like is like an insult? How did Colossus know? Maybe flowers is like the same thing of like nailing a dead rat 
uh, to like something of yours. It could have been, but apparently it wasn't. Guessed right, Colossus. You done good. <laughs> then, 18 hours later, specifically giving us that number. Weirdly specifically giving us that number. I guess it's because it's supposed to be close to dusk. Right. And now, it, you know, it's the next day. And we've got Nightcrawler wondering where Colossus is at. Right, because he's, uh, but Wolverine knows that he is with Jaji, and Nightcrawler is mad that he's betraying Katya, meaning Kitty Pride. Yes. Uh, so they, they, they kind of talk about it, and Wolverine brings up a good point that love as people from Earth know it might not be what Jaji would understand these actions to be. Maybe falling in love with Jaji is just a side effect of being healed by her. Maybe, like, following up with them and giving them kisses and hugs and smooches is just all part of her job. Maybe it's not a special thing at all. Maybe. So that's kind of a weird thought that just gets thrown in there and doesn't really get addressed again, because then we move right on. Yeah, to the heroes who are all going to um, climb aboard yet another ship. Man, how many ships have they been on? A lot. And they go to Doom Base and they're greeted by Claw. Yeah. So Claw brings him in and then Doom monologues. Yeah, it's it's like six or seven thought bubbles in a row. And these are like 80s thought bubbles. They're like kind of small. I don't know. if Is that a thing? I might have just made up 80s thought bubbles being small. We said it, so it's true. It's true now. It's canon. <laughs> so Doom says, just talks about how great he is for a little bit, and then talks about... It seems like he's trying to be humble, but he's not doing a very good job. No, and he, he's like, well, I'm going to try and fix some of the stuff that I've messed up. But I can't fix too much, because that can throw off the whole like timeline of... Which is weird, because he's not going back in time. Well, he's talking about fixing past mistakes. Right. So... Which seems like an excuse. I mean, he doesn't want to unravel the fabric of reality. How would that do that, though, if you just make things into... Ex- well, well, what he does is he restores Kang. Uh-huh. Who he uh, who he killed he for trying to shoot him down earlier. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm going to send him back home. Bam! Yeah, so he kind of brings him back just so the heroes can see him, and then, yeah, blasts him away. Not blasts him. It kind of looks like he does, though. Like, Hank looks kind of freaked out. I mean, he just got brought back to life. I would say that I would be freaked out whether or not Dr. Doom was blasting. (laughs) Right. And he also says that he's taking care of Galactus. Galactus is now being helped by... Nova. Yes. Nova, who is Frankie Ray. Oh, this is not Richard Ryder Nova. No, this is Frankie Ray Nova, I'm fairly certain. Oh, I don't know enough about Frankie Ray as Nova. Well, okay, so unless I have my time periods wrong here... No, you're probably right. There's just a character now who's Yeah, Nova. I mean, there's, there's multiple Novas. Right. So Nova's basically like... Let's talk about the role of Nova. So Galactus, he eats worlds. He goes and consumes worlds. So he has this Nova that basically goes and scouts out worlds well, for him. Yeah, that's that's... Is Nova one of his heralds? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, the, the herald. Yes. yes Silver Surfer, which was originally the herald of Galactus, and then it's just sort of changed hands. Right. So, well, Frankie Ray winds up getting in league with Silver Surfer, but Frankie Ray, she basically has Human Torch powers. She oh. and she was with Human Torch for a while. Okay. They were they were like in a so relationship. So this is not 
So Nova was not part of the Nova Corps as they are as because there's a group later called the Nova Corps. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not true. So she she becomes Nova when Galactus comes to Earth and he's vowed not to consume Earth. And <laughs> good way to freak out the inhabitants of Earth. Come there and go, I won't eat you. <laughs> but he really needs some some energies and he's really conflicted he feels like he needs to but frankie ray just like volunteers she's like well i'll i'll find a different place for you to eat and he gives her like all these additional powers because she basically was human torch with less powers with a little less intensity but then you know they get super souped up by galactus so she signs on and does that and and later on she develops some compassion and like i I can't keep bringing him to uh, the worlds to devour and silver surfer kind of gets her out of it and galactus kills her because she's no longer useful but then she comes back later because comics and there's all sorts of stuff that have happened with her since then but i'm pretty sure this nova is frankie ray and if i'm wrong i'm very sorry no i think you're probably right okay um so dr doom ultimately offers them a boon one thing that, mm-hmm. that they could have so some people are like oh maybe we can get home and and read richard's Mr. Fantastic is like, nah, I can get us home. It's no big deal. Okay. Okay. Finally, somebody makes a great suggestion. Let's get Lockheed. We haven't seen him forever. (laughs) Where has Lockheed been? We haven't seen him since the first issue. Still have no idea where that Uh, that little Dargon is. You know, it's really disappointing. I'm sorry. Maybe it's answered in some X-Men comics. You probably need to read it. I mean, it it gets answered in the the last issue. (gasps) Spoilers. Yeah, we haven't given you a summary on that, so I guess it is spoilers. I'm just saying it gets answered. I didn't say what happens. Okay. But we do have at least a little bit of closure. But it takes from issue one to issue 12. That's a slow burn. Yes. Slow dragon burn. <laughs> but ultimately, they decide that they actually don't want any any boons, and he just goes, okay, cool, get out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Spider-Man apparently, or Sp- not Spider-Man, Spider-Woman apparently was acting kind of strange, that which they notice in there. Yeah, she's giving Claw the eyes. Not the eyes, but some eyes. Some some intent eyes. Intent eyes. Uh, and once they get out of uh, the Tower of Doom, they realize she's not with them. Yeah, so Cap goes back in to find her. Yeah. Uh, and I love that he stumbles upon um, Claw singing. Uh, He's know, singing Home on the Range. Home on the Range, yeah. yep. So uh, Cap stumbles in and finds Claw... I guess Claw was singing to Doctor Doom because Claw's right by him. I just like to think about Claw serenading Doctor Doom with Home on the Range. Yeah, court jester indeed. Uh, so they have this nice long uh, chat while Doctor Doom says sends Claw to look for Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. But as Claw goes to look for Spider Woman, he stumbles into a web. Yep. Where uh, Spider-Woman has now transferred whatever sort of weird light energy thing over to Claw that was controlling her. Mm-hmm. And then she's just slumped down on the ground. I swear to God, there's a Star Trek episode that literally has the same like light going into people and controlling them thing. You have to figure out which came first. Uh, this. Star Trek TNG, which oh, started in 87. Okay. okay. You didn't specify. I'm sorry. It, it could have been... An... This is a somewhat common trope in science fiction. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, though, Doom and Captain America are talking kind of about what Doom's going to do with all this power, which he ultimately wants to free his mother's soul from Mephisto's netherworld dimension. 
Right. And Cap seems pretty interested in that, kind of asks some some questions and notices that Dr. Doom seems pretty human. Mm-hmm. And Claw mentions that Spider-Woman's out in the hall. He comes back in and then the conversation's over. It seem, seems like that went pretty peacefully. Yep. Cap and Spider-Woman leave. They decide to go back to their base. Professor Xavier, as per the usual, interrupts Colossus and Jaji's makeout session. Yeah, we just see them lounging on a hill under an alien tree, just in the grass. Having some smooches. Smooches and sweet embraces. Mm -hmm. And he's not wearing his little vest shirt thing. No, which means he's pretty much just in, like, boots and underpants. (laughs) It's a little awkward. School. I still haven't actually figured out if if Jaji's outfit kind of is pants or not. It just seems like a very long robe. Yeah, yeah, it does. So Cap has called everybody basically into a meeting uh, to kind of voice his concerns about Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom he's been pretty nice to them so far. So it seems like yeah, everything's fine. We can just leave things be. Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, said he can get us back to Earth. So well, yeah, we should. But Cap. He's st- he Cap is saying that Doom still seems a little too human. He has human desires, like saving his mother. His the very first thing he did with his newfound power was repairing his face. Right. Which... So very vain things. Very still self-involved. So it's not like he's some god that just has not very much sense of self or not motivated by his own desires. He has all this power and he still has desires and human wants and needs. And Cap argues that no man should have that much power, good or not. Right. So they're all going to have a big vote on it. And it looks like pretty much everybody agrees. We have just like a full page of people talking about agreeing. Right. I like that Spider-Woman is just happy to have a vote. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here, guys. Right. (laughs) Hawkeye just really wants someone to make him more arrows, and Iron Man's like, yeah, I'll I'll make you some arrows, guy. Which, that's, I'm glad that, that's, that's the continuity I needed addressed. None of this Lockheed, (laughs) Lockheed crap. Needed to know if he was going to get some arrows. Hawkeye's made arrows several times throughout Secret Wars. I still want to know how his arrow at one point was able to, like, hurt one of the members of the Wrecking Crew. I guess they're just not that invulnerable. Very strange. Yeah. Um, but Colossus is kind of the holdout. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, he's like, well, he's never, he's never done anything to harm us. But basically, it kind of seems like he's like, well, I've got a good thing going, and I'd rather not screw it up. I was literally going to say he's got a good thing going, <laughs> but he ultimately decides that yes, they have to fight Doctor Doom, even though they might be obliterated with a thought. Mm-hmm. Hey, and you know what then happens? Hey, they're obliterated with a thought. Well, maybe. There's just like a huge, giant, full-page spread of a big explosion of all of them at the table. And it looks bad. Like, it looks like it's like ripping them to bits. Yeah. Does it look as bad as when a mountain fall, fell on them? Or it any of the mean... other times that they've been exploded? I don't know. Maybe it, worse. It's, it's almost like nasty. Like, I feel like Cap's, like, hands, like, it just looks... It's gritty. It's a gritty explosion, which makes yeah. me think like bits of them are. I don't know if bits of them are getting blown to bits. It's the whole up. table that was with them, and then is that Mjolnir that's like thrown in the air there? Yeah, and bits of Iron Man's armor and Cap Shield, which Cap Shield looks fine. <laughs> yeah, vibranium. <laughs> but that's it with the Shracked. That's it. 
That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Man, imagine reading this in issues. Oh, and having to wait a month. Uh, oh, yeah. You'd be like, I'm, I'm, they're probably not dead, but what happened? Well, if you're not reading Secret Wars, all you have to do is wait two weeks for our next episode to know what happens. Until then, accolades? Accolades! So, best line. My best line was Hawkeye. He says... Count good old Hawkeye in, but could somebody please help me make some arrows first? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> Hawkeye's one bit of one-dimensional character continuity is that he just wants some dang arrows. Um, my best line was Cap to Hulk. Hulk is mad, and he wants to talk. About, he's talking about going off to smash Doom, and he hits the wall of Doom Base. And Cap says, "Hey, careful, Hulk! This place isn't too sturdy anymore." <laughs> Since like the last issue, it was being like shook into pieces. Yeah, I'm surprised they true. went back there. Yeah, yeah, because they had freed the villains from the because they thought the whole thing was going to collapse. Mm-hmm. I would assume that it wasn't in such great shape, but apparently, okay enough. I mean, it was pretty big. Maybe bits of it were still fine. Yeah. So, greatest hero. Who was your greatest hero? This is going to sound weird. Mine was Dr. Doom, actually, because he undid all his wrongs. And uh, I know that they're worried about what he's going to do. But in the context of this issue, he did some fairly good stuff. Not to say that he's not motivated by somewhat selfish desires, but I mean, he did bring a person back to life. I'm not surprised at all that you made this choice. In fact, I thought you might. Oh, you did? Yeah. My greatest hero, however, is kind of the complete opposite of yours minus captain america for being suspicious of doom and okay you know he of course did the heroic thing of yes i'll go back in for spider woman if i'm not back in 15 minutes or whatever you know you just leave without me so he he has his typical uh, heroism but really kind of connecting the dots there with doom that okay doom's all powerful and he seems very nice now but he's not always been nice, and he still has his human desires, so there's no telling what he's going to do with this, this, these powers. So we owe it to the rest of the world to get those powers from him or defeat him. I feel like that's that was pretty heroic. Yeah, definitely. I guess I, I, I was probably looking more on the shallow side than you were when I was just like, oh, Doom did some good things. <laughs> You know, and maybe they're totally wrong. Maybe Doom, like, this is his turning point. I've read comics since this <laughs> Right. <laughs> so what's your coolest moment? The entire suburb of Denver being transported back to Earth by a molecule man? He's just like, oh, let's lift off. Yeah. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Mine was the cliffhanger explosion. I that was my that was my runner up, but I figured he would probably pick it too. You know, you know, we we joked before recording this that I should go through and pick all of Chris's accolades out for him. And I was like, I I could probably guess a lot of those. I don't think I would have picked that best line, but I I would have guessed on some of these other two. For sure. For Silly Villainy, I thought... The Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy. The Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy. um, Shared between all of the non-Doctor Doom villains as they decided that while Molecule Man could literally just make them a giant house to chill out in, that they needed to go to Volcana's apartment. (laughs) They could have been chilling in a mansion on Battle World. Yeah. Living it up. Owen Reese could have made them robot servants or something, and all the he could have made them human servants, probably. Ooh, there's yeah, some moral not quandaries good. there. Not good. Yeah, maybe Doctor Doom's not the greatest hero for that reason. 
giving Molecule Man those powers. Uh, My silly villainy was Doom's huge note to the villains summoning them to Doom Base. I don't know if we made this clear, but Dr. Doom's note was like 30 feet tall on the wall, like engraved into metal on the wall, summoning them to Doom Base. Like, did did he just have a giant pencil? Like, he... If, if Spider-Woman did see him, he could have just told her, right? Like, Nope. <laughs> he had, had to leave a message. An engraved invitation, I believe it was called. It was pretty silly. <laughs> so, that's it for this week. Yeah, next week we're going to be covering Secret Wars issue 12 and then kind of our retrospective on the series as a whole. Um, if you guys would like to suggest any sort of event-wide accolades to talk about we'll probably think of several of our own Mm -hmm. but we always welcome your suggestions um and please make sure you keep sharing tweeting liking uh our posts uh it helps us reach new people and stay on people's minds yeah we recently um got a new metric system on our podcast which was a little sobering so uh (laughs) we'll, we'll take any help that we could get you can follow us on at chris's pod on twitter or facebook And until next time, slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. 